Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective podcast. This is your host, Jay Dub. This is a regular weekly fantasy musings from week four, what to expect in week five. Bears Commanders game just ended, so we'll talk about that on the flip side. Let's go. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't get you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Another great weekend of football. Exciting. Can't wait for this weekend, week five. Let's get into week four, though. And look, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't always been that way, but I'm in my my wise years. I, I'm willing to admit it. And I, I think I may be wrong about CJ Stroud. I don't know if he's great, but he's certainly solid. I was wrong about the Houston Texans. I think since I wrote that they've been disappointing, they've won two weeks in a row. And here's a few other things I'm wrong about. Maybe the biggest one is Miami running back, Raheem Mostert. He appears to be the backup to Devin A-Chain, and that's... That seems about to be the correct move by Mike Mike McDaniel. I think they're both fantasy relevant in an excellent Dolphins offense, particularly running offense. They give big open lanes. You don't even need a lot of touches in that offense to put up big fantasy stats, both touchdowns and yards. But A-Chain looks like a star. In two weeks, he's put up 80... What is it here? I had it in front of me. 80 fantasy points in two weeks, and at least in the league I play in. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. I think the first week was 50 and last week was 30 something or exactly 30. That's impressive. I'm wrong on I'm wrong on those fronts. So that's that. What are the other storylines from week four of the NFL season? I got to say something about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, right? So it seems like they're a confirmed couple. That seemed pretty clear at this point. Maybe they're trying to be break the internet type of PR stunt thing. I, I don't know. I don't really care. I think it's I think it's funny. I, it, what is a little bit mind boggling is that the NFL is a $15 billion rough, actually baseline $15 billion just on the TV rights annual industry. And yeah, you've got a hundred million kind of active fans. Maybe I don't know what the exact number is, but really good viewership, uh, big brand. And they are all in on this Taylor thing. They have the, the, I think it was a Twitter profile or Instagram profile. It was like Taylor's version of ad NFL. It's pretty amazing to say Taylor Swift is it's a talk about pop culture moment. So anyhow, what did we learn? The Denver Broncos barely saved their season with an improbable comeback on, on the road in Chicago. And look my thoughts going into tonight where the Bears are done. We can officially stick a fork in them uh, and their head coach. But hey, they came out and they played well on the road against Washington, broke a 14-game losing streak. They looked pretty good last week. I have to say, though, the killer moment for the coach, in my opinion, like, why don't you kick? You are trying to break this massive losing streak. You got a chance to kick a field goal, easy chip shot field goal, take the lead, put the pressure on the Broncos who have all the pressure in the world on themselves. Instead, they go for it and get stuck and don't get it. And it gives the Broncos all the room to take the game to the over- overtime and then win it in OT. I thought that was a major mistake by the coach, major faux pas. And unfortunately, the Bears should be two and three right now and actually still in the thick of things as it is. They're one and four. And I, I just don't, I don't see how they make it back. Maybe Fields has looked really good now two weeks in a row. 
their running back situation is a little bit banged up. I'm still a Khalil Herbert fan. He played great tonight until he hurt his ankle. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. They also have Devontae Foreman or Dante Foreman who did not play tonight. I think he was inactive, but he's obviously going to get a ton of, of touches next week if Herbert is not back and healthy. Next, what else did we learned? CMC is on a pace to have a career year. I called this a month ago. He's been somebody I've been... My, my thought with him was just perfect fit for Shanahan's offense with all those weapons. He doesn't need to get a ton of touches, but he's going to get a lot of high leverage touches, a lot of the ball in space. And I wouldn't was not shocked if this was his kind of MVP season. Great start for him. He's being used in all the right ways. I, if anything, as a 49er fan, I'd love to see Shanahan maybe use him a little bit less between the tackles, get someone else involved, and maybe get him a little bit more in the slot. But can't complain. He's doing great. And the Toy Story game. I don't know if you didn't see this. You missed out. I'm a Toy Story fan. I've always loved the Pixar films. They turned, they created a faux Andy's room field and they used kind of some overlay technology to play the game in Andy's room. So I didn't watch a lot of this because it was a little bit of a gimmick without a doubt, but I liked it. Call me crazy. That was good. Uh, okay. What should we look forward to in week five of the season? We had two winless teams left, Carolina and Chicago. Chicago got off the snide today, so they're, they're, that's that. Carolina has been competitive in pretty much all their games, and obviously they've got a lot of hope with this year's number one overall pick, winning the quarterback spot in Bryce Young. So they've got some upside there. My thoughts going into this game with Chicago is the opposite. They have a 15-game losing streak. First team in NFL history to give up 25 or more points in 14 straight games. But they had a must-win tonight, and they won. And it was solid. They're up 27 to three at half. Ended up winning. I think the final score was 40. I didn't see the final score. Yeah, 40. So they had a good game. They kept Chicago. Uh, they kept Washington in check for the most part. So really good stuff there. What else is going on? Uh, the eventual Len London Jaguars. That's right. I said London Jaguars. I think it's so obvious that they're slowly creeping to move over. I saw the report that they got a deal done for a, a billion dollar stadium in, in Jacksonville. But look, let's be honest. This is They're playing two weeks in a row in London this week. They played two weeks last season. They're building a fan base there. Makes sense. Does Jacksonville deserve a pro football team? I don't know. I don't know enough about the team or, or the, the region or the fan base, but I do know that would be a good spot for them in my humble opinion. And then the game of the year so far, we're five weeks in, so it's early, but Sunday night, you've got the Dallas Cowboys America's team, quote unquote, playing in Santa Clara, mind you, in the San Francisco Bay Area versus the 49ers. You got the two kind of big favorites. I would say there's three teams going in the season that everyone felt were up there. The Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys in the NFC. Those were the three top teams. And the FC, you had a bunch of teams, Buffalo, but obviously KC's kind of at the top of the heap, given that they're the reigning champ and had been in three of the last four and won two of the last four Super Bowls. Um but I have to say, through four weeks of the season, the Niners probably look like the best team out there. They played pretty air-free football, had steady, solid, consistent, beat-down kind of wins. I'm not sure how tough their schedule's been, but they played on the, on the road to Pittsburgh, on the road in LA against the Rams. They played at home against the Giants, and then at home against the, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. So again, not a crazy schedule, but Dallas' schedule's been pretty pretty easy too, and they lost to Arizona they beat the Giants in New York. So they've had a similar S schedule. So we'll see. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited. 
I think the winner, the, look, the winner is going to get a lot of endless love and the loser will be roasted on Good Morning Football and all the talk shows. But the reality is we're five weeks in. So whether Dallas loses and goes to three and two or the Niners lose and go to four and one, I think both those teams are going to be there when it matters. And that's really what it matters is January when they most likely probably face off again. So anyhow, excited for that game. Quickly, some random player stats that just at least made me think. What's going on with Kyle Pitts and more importantly, Arthur Smith? What's up with this guy? So they've drafted now three skill position players in the top eight selections in the last three drafts. Three years ago, Pitts with the fourth overall pick, Drake London with the eighth overall pick, and then obviously this past year, Bijan Robinson with the eighth overall pick. Bijan's being used appropriately, but London and Pitts are just not being used. It's mind-boggling. And through four weeks, you know who leads the Atlanta Falcons in targets? You're not going to guess. It's the backup tight end, Jono Smith. It is ridiculous. I I really don't understand this. If Atlanta was blowing teams out and looking great, and or those guys didn't look up to the task, maybe I'd get it. But Drake London looks good. He's a mismatch. He's good. I don't know if he's great, but he's good. And Kyle Pitts, is a mismatch. I'm sorry. He's, he is what everyone's talking about Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid and these move kind of slot guys. Pitts should be on the slot or the outside. He's a mismatch. Use him as such. I do not understand what's going on there. The the Falcons, maybe Arthur Smith keeps his job, but they've got to figure something out. They got to trade Pitts from a fantasy perspective. Quite frankly, what I would do is I'm just going to sit on pits, not in terms of my roster, but I'm just going to wait till he ends up his next team. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick him up because he's a guy that I think classic NFL, he's in the wrong spot. He's in a situation where they're not scheming for him. They're not utilizing him. And it's just, his talent's going to waste. This is as simple as that. So I don't understand that. If I'm the owner, I'm pretty irate. I, I took a tight end, the highest selection ever in the history of the draft. And my coach isn't using him. So someone made a mistake there. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the GM. I know the coach was there when they made this selection. So he presumably had input, but anyhow, enough with that. Devin A. Chain's performance for the last two weeks is insane. I mentioned already scored 80 fantasy points. He looks good too, as much as I want to hate on him. Not that I want to hate on him, but he just didn't really play much in the preseason. Just comes in. So we'll see how that holds up. And then Khalil Mack, six sacks in one game. So I've been done four times ever. It's impressive. Six sacks. That's a lot. And then another random just stat out there, watching the Arizona Cardinals a little bit the last couple of weeks, they, the game against Dallas. I, we saw a lot of that on the, if you watch the Red Zone channel, that game was competitive. Well, actually, Arizona was soundly beating Dallas. And then this past weekend, I watched the game because they were they played the 49ers. So I always have the, the Niner game on and another TV with Red Zone. Dobbs looked pretty decent. So I looked it up. He scored 65 fantasy points for through four weeks. That's more than, I'm just giving you a smattering of examples, more than Jared Goff, who scored 61. Trevor Lawrence, who scored 53. Deshaun Watson, who scored 51. Geno Smith, who scored 50. Matthew Stafford, who scored 48. And many more like Baker Mayfield's in there. There's a bunch of actual legitimate NFL starting quarterbacks. Not to say that Baker Mayfield's there. That's why I didn't have him in this list. But 
Think about the Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, guys getting paid $230 million guaranteed dollars. God, how does the Browns owner feel right now? Actually, forget the owner. I, if the fans, what a tough situation to be in as a fan. You've been mired in this. You lost your franchise in basically the middle of the night. They left for Indianapolis, whatever this was, X number of years ago. And you just, you just, it's a, I don't know. It's a sad, actually, sorry. I take that back. I missed that. Baltimore's original team left for Indianapolis. I believe this is correct. And then Cleveland moved to Baltimore. And then Cleveland got the the expansion team in 1999 and had the first overall pick, took a guy by the name of Tim Couch, who I loved. I thought he was going to be great. He was actually okay. Mediocre. Came out of a run and shoot offense out of University of Kentucky. The top quarterback crew put up big numbers in the SEC but just never developed. And the Browns have just been basically dog shit for 24 years. They've had a couple playoff appearances and maybe one or two playoff wins in that period of time and just struggled at the quarterback position. They had one really good year of Derek Anderson, a journeyman guy, threw up 30 touchdown passes, um, which by the way, back in the early two, early mid-2000s was a lot. They had a guy named um, Braylon Edwards, top overall pick from, from University of Michigan, who had 17 touchdown receptions that year. So his big breakout year. I think it might have been a contract year too. Shocking, huh? And then they've had, God, what else? Again, Tim Couch had a couple of seasons in there. Always decent. You're like, oh, he's a number one overall pick. Looks like he's turning a corner. And then you just got to fill off a horse or just fill off a cliff, whatever the saying may be. And then... I'm trying to think who else. Baker Mayfield had a, a season in there where he led them to a 11 12 win season. They looked like they were turning a corner, and this is a new Browns franchise. And then he he fell apart. It's been tough. And I really, I'd love to see the Browns have a good, consistent team. Part of the problem is they've been stuck in a really good division, particularly Baltimore and Pittsburgh have just been incredible since the really early 2000s, consistently eight, nine plus wins and very competitive, tough football teams, most recently under Tomlin and and uh, John Harbaugh. But even before that, you had, God, what was Brian? I'm blanking on Brian's last name, but he was a head coach with, with Jamal Lewis and Ray Lewis and that first Super Bowl title. So they were consistently winning then. And then obviously Steelers had, had Bill Cowher. So anyhow, point being, I don't know what's going on there. I feel bad for Cleveland. But on that note, that's it. That's a wrap for week four of Fantasy Musings. Then we're going into week five. I wish everybody an awesome fantasy weekend and wish your teams the best of luck. And that's it. Let's go. Bye-bye. Before we leave, let me tell y'all a little something. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. I said uptown.